Hey, what's up? This is Tobin from Papa Road, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando. This is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 160. My name is Brando. I I, I know, it's been a bit. It's been a couple weeks since the last episode. My apologies, but if you've been following on social media, you know I'm alive and well, and I have a lot of uh, buns in the oven, I guess, uh, as far as guests coming up and, of course, coming up uh, just momentarily, Tobin from Papa Roach will be our our interview for this episode. But it's been it's been interesting. I'm surprised, and it's not even like I were, were was getting rejected or I couldn't get guests. It's just a weird time of year, and you know I I know I have an international audience, so it, it may not pertain to everybody. But most of the people I do interview are here in the states, and it was just Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up, so this is a you know a holiday time. This is a travel time. It's hard to book guests. It just it really is. And there was part of me that thought about maybe going back to the old days of, you know, how Scotto and I would just do an episode by ourselves, you know, bullshitting about Guns N' Roses, and you know, like a, like a typical podcast, just a couple people. Whether I would have gotten Scotto or our friend Matt Wake at al.com, I thought about it, but. You know, I kind of needed a little bit of a breather as well. Things are kind of crazy for me uh, at work. I don't know if any of you are uh, conservative politically. That sort of took a uh, a right turn, I guess I should say. Uh, I am. I'll preface this: I am nothing politically. I just, I, 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 you know, you can look at me and say, you know, sometimes uh, Scotto would tease me. He's like, "You're a liberal. You're a left." I'm like, "No, I'm nothing. I don't like having my my beliefs categorized." Uh, I may lean a certain way based on certain things, but that's a whole other conversation and podcast. Uh, but but the past couple weeks, I've been working on a, a show here at iHeart called the Buck Sexton Show. Yes, Buck Sexton. He's uh, about my age, 36, 37, does conservative radio. So I've been board opping that. And even on that, I get a lot. Of, I get airtime. And I talk about, we on the political show, we'll talk about Guns N' Roses. We'll talk about my podcast. So I've been getting some airtime. So that's kind of uh, been quenching my thirst as far as being on the air. So I've been filling in for that. Uh, I, I've just had a lot going on with my actual radio job. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just take a breather uh, while my schedule's kind of crazy. And I don't like uh, going more than a week without an episode, but you know what? I find a lot of people, a lot of you say that you're catching up. So I figured, you know what? Let let, let, you, let them catch up. All right. So, so no more catching up. We got a brand new episode for you today. Calling right now, Tobin, the bassist from Papa Roach. I am so excited. Hey, Tobin, how are you? What's up, man? I'm doing good. How are you yourself? I'm living the dream. There's not... Yeah? 
it's not too often that I really can vividly recall buying an album, or I guess to give my age, CDs. But I still remember in, in high school, because uh, I'm from Long Island, walking to Roosevelt, uh, uh, Roosevelt Field Mall and buying Infest and just, you know, ripping it to shreds in, the, uh, in my CD player. So it's quite an honor to uh, speak with you today. Oh, right on. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, the good old days of, like, CDs and cassette tapes, ripping <laughs> it open and looking at all the artwork and reading the lyrics and all that cool stuff and trying to remember the names of people that get referenced in the thank yous and seeing who they are, all that stuff. I remember that. Oh, of course. Like you said, the uh, the good old days. And, you know, you, you can even you can say it's, it's the good old days, but for you, it's still currently a good day, I guess, to kind of uh, turn an awkward is, phrase. Man, I'm living the dream, too. So, I mean, what has changed for you, I guess, from the beginning, you know, in Fest to, to now? Because it's not even just you're putting out new music. Of course, the new album came out earlier this year, uh, Who Do You Trust? But to still be at the top of the charts, top of the rock charts, are you still... Is your approach any different? Does it feel any different? Or is it a dream? Is it going by quick? Like, how can you, do you ever sit back and just think about, think about it all? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, mainly recently because people, you know, they say, wow, you know, 20 years, you know, like we're celebrating the 20 years of Infest uh, next year. So, you know, there's been a lot of reflection on that. And then I realized how time flies and it's gone by so quickly, but, um, as far as what's changing, not a whole lot. Really not much has changed other than we're just a little bit more aware and, and a little bit more responsible, you know, because we're just older and we have, you know, a lot more going on in our lives. And, you know, it's a little bit less, um, you know, just like aggressive for for just the sake of just jumping out of our skin constantly, you know, having so much energy and not really worrying about the consequences, you know, where now it's like we're a little bit more methodical. Has it been difficult because uh you know going back again for for me personally high school that was kind of the the injection of this new genre that that i had never heard of what made me yeah. so excited the, this rap rock i mean i don't want to limit limit it to just one kind of uh phrase but of course you know you oh. corn limp biscuit it was just so new and, and amazing but all this time has passed and kind isn't always uh time isn't always kind to to rock bands but you have thrived Still, do you think there's a reason why Papa Roach, despite all the other uh, th- things around you that may be changing in the world, you guys continue to find success after all this time, 20 years? Yeah, I think I think some of it might might have been from the fact that at that time, you know, there was such a, um, a tag, you know. They, they called it new metal, and, you know, a lot of people like to put, you know, like it was just a phase, you know. It was like this thing that wouldn't last. It was just a trend. And I think for us, we wanted to, because we're such a musical band, we love music, you know, far beyond just, you know, mixing heavy guitars and, and, and rap vocals, that we wanted to challenge ourselves and to learning how to write, you know, great songs that weren't just the same thing, you know, re- repeated over and over again. So whether that was trying to write, you know, uh, ballads, you know, or, or more vulnerable songs or, or writing songs that were maybe, um, you know, just far, far in a different thing than what people maybe thought of when they were first introduced to Papa Roach. You know, it's like we kind of made all of those sounds like 
you kind of expect it from us now, but I'm sure at the time it was kind of like, oh no, what is my band that I love so much doing? You know, but now people, I think, know that and appreciate and respect us for that. Did you ever feel pressure to adjust the sound? Because of course you'll see that also in other rock bands that they sound completely. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think every band when they go through a phase where they're not, you know, the biggest thing, or they, you know, they had a lot of success and then they didn't. And people around them are telling them, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. You start to question everything, and you, you, <clears throat> you know, we definitely. I can admit there was a there was a time when I remember I was really unhappy at that time too, where I felt like we were trying to conform into something that, you know, maybe we didn't, you know, feel was what we really wanted to do, but we were just making the best of it. But we learned, and we immediately adjusted and said, all right, this isn't this isn't the way to go. You know what I mean? And uh, that happens a lot in this business. And I think how you deal with it really determines the longevity of a band. Have you found that perhaps radio has treated you differently? Because, again, before I bought the CD, this is before streaming and all that. You know, I'd see you all over over MTV. I'd I'd hear you on the radio. I mean, you guys are still, again, you're still played on the radio. So I feel like you, you, you guys are kind of avoiding all the... You know the landmines that would typically take out other bands, but you continue to you know get past it and, and just succeed. Yeah, I mean we definitely love we definitely embrace you know having songs on the radio. Like we've always naturally wanted to write like anthemic songs that people can you know relate to and sing along to and remember. Um, you know, so that's always worked for us. But uh, but I feel like also too it's like the live show you know, how we tour, how we interact with our fans, um, you know, how we've kind of just been, I guess, chameleon-like in so many ways as a band, as, as far as being able to tour with everyone from Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, haha, appetite for destruction, uh, <laughs> to, you know, Eminem and, you know, Exhibit and, you know, just like hardcore bands, punk rock bands, you know, taking out some of our favorite bands that we grew up listening to, bands like Snapcase, you know, and Blindside to, you know, Nickelback, you know, even some tours that maybe more, you know, you would never imagine as we've done, we've done them. I mean, it's it's amazing. And of course, the the upcoming tour, uh, Fall 2020, with Five Finger Death Punch, I Prevail, uh, Ice Nine Kills. And I guess you the, the easy answer would be this upcoming tour is going to be your favorite. But the question is, do you have a, a tour that sticks out in your mind? You know, whether it be yeah. uh, at the height of your success or maybe uh, it was a certain bonding moment with your bandmates. Like what sticks out to, or, or just, of course, the other bands you've toured with? What if, if at least one, what are some tour, touring experiences that stick well, out to two. you? There's two that stick out in my mind. And in the, in the first arena tour that we ever did was uh, we were invited by Korn to come out on tour with them. We had to leave uh, Warp Tour early. And I remember everybody was like, get out of here. You know, you ain't punk rock. Cause you know, we're like, yeah, we're like, peace out. We're going on an arena tour with corn. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, I, I feel like it couldn't have been like a better first band of tour. Cause they really taught us like how to treat other bands and how to like make it like a family. I mean, they treat us with the most respect and, 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 you know, always wanted us to, like, if they were doing something, they wanted us to go with them. If it was a day off and they were going to go ride jet skis, you know, on the lake, they wanted us to come with them. You know, they were like, you can use all of our lights. You can go anywhere on the stage. You can turn up as loud as you want. Just bring it, you know. And, 
and they were just a great band and and uh i'll never forget that because we've been friends you know to the day and i uh, love that band for that and um other than just being a fan you know they're they're great people and then another tour that definitely sticks in my mind i feel like we really bonded when we did a tour with uh, avenge sevenfold and i just remember every night um it was like it's not very often that you get with other bands and you're sitting backstage and you're talking about music and you're listening to music and you're like i love this band and this is my favorite guitar player and you're like mine too and you know there's a lot of that going on on that tour other than you know hanging out drinking and and you know just being dorks and stuff but a lot like we really bonded over music and and uh, i remember we we were bonding over like our love for faith no more and mr bungle a lot and then you know uh sinister gates brian if you will and i were always like kind of talking about like jazz and blues and just you know geeky guitar stuff so um that always sticks in my mind we had a really good time on that tour that's really cool uh especially to have those kind of experiences how did, because I know you guys are, you know, going to be overseas doing some dates with Hollywood Undead and Ice Nine Kills. Uh, how did the, the Five Finger Death Punch tour come together? Did you guys bring along Ice Nine Kills? Uh, how did it, I guess, you know, because it's, it's a big bill. Every time, it's not even just like a new album by Papa Roach. There's always like a, a great new tour that you guys are on. So I'm curious how that was put together. Um, I mean, that's really just, I let the agents and the managers handle all that. They pretty much put those things together. Um, I mean, obviously we share, I think we share like the same management and, and label as five fingers. So that's kind of how that gets paired together. Um, you know, so easily and, uh, you know, really just, we make it a point to say, Hey, let's, you know, let's take out new up, up and coming, like fresh bands that we know, you know, fans are going to be excited about. And, you know, obviously ice nine kills is like, killing it right now i prevail nominated for a grammy they're killing it so you know um, i don't know a whole lot about those bands but i'm excited to meet the you know get to know the guys and and, and see their live show uh next year oh very Make cool friends. yeah and uh speaking of which i i'd be remiss if i didn't congratulate you you were named uh, papa roach's uh uh, who do you trust? One of the top fifty rock albums. I forget the phrasing uh, by La- Loudwire of this past year. So again, you guys are still, you know, putting out just great material. How has the the songwriting changed? You know, to go from the beginning Infest to you know who do, who do you trust, which may have oh, a yeah. more political leaning. How do you, how does the how has the song process uh, changed for you and as a band? Yeah, the song process is way different now. You know, back in the day, like. It was just a band in a room, just hashing it out. You know, it was a much longer process, and you were focused on making records. You know, you were focused on you know one song at a time, just like for hours and hours, just playing, um, just d- jamming, if you will, until something really amazing happens that sticks out, and you decide to make a song out of it. You know, and then it started to become, it started to morph when you know technology started to come in and it was like people could demo things out easily on their computer, you know? So, so I embraced that right away because I just love making noise. So I wanted to learn how I could incorporate all of these um, endless possibilities and all these sounds into writing songs. And then it became more of like a demo process where like people would, you know, bring in like ideas separately and say, you know, here's my idea for a song. Here's a riff. There's a chorus and a, in a verse put them together jam it out see if it works and then we kind of moved away from that and now we basically just go into a studio with a producer who i guess 
essentially becomes like the the fifth member of the band um and we collaborate from from beginning to end we're like okay we don't know what we don't know what the song's going to be about but whatever's floating around the air today we're going to grab it and put it into a song and we just start an idea from scratch we finish it you know as quickly as possible so we're not overthinking it and then we pretty much write and record at the same time and you know move on and you know if the idea is not you know, if it's not making us jump out of our skin, then we just move on to the next one. But pretty much we just try to start an idea and finish it and then move on to the next one. Right on. Uh, and, of course, the, the album, it's only, almost been a year since it's come out. Are you even thinking about the next one yet? Oh, absolutely. We, um, we've already begun uh, the writing process. So, And we just did this recently, uh, just last week. Um, we've been, you know, just collaborating with some some new people, some, we have some stuff lined up with people that we worked with in the past, uh, the producers that worked on our last two records. And, um, we're just going to keep writing music and hopefully, you know, continuously putting out new songs and new content and just staying, staying involved in the music, staying connected to our fans and, you know, staying busy on the road, as you know. You know, I'm I'm calling it. I, I've said this. I tweeted it out. I don't expect you to to, to know that, but because uh, it's going to be 20 years since Infest, uh, tw- I think 25 years after the first album is when you can be eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There will be a day where Papa Roach and Corn are in the Rock Hall. I absolutely believe that. So I just wanted to. I hope so. That would be awesome. Hell yeah. I that's I'm, I'm that. putting it out there. Putting it out there in the universe. Uh, not I'm really hoping that we can tour again with Corn. That would that would be great. We've talked about it, but it hasn't happened yet. But it will. Uh, when the, when the time is right, uh, and uh, I'm absolutely going to be there. And to to go back before you alluded to it, of course, the, the name of this podcast is Appetite for Distortion. Uh, to do it a little different than just having a regular conversation about rock and roll, we do this six degrees of GNR Bacon instead of Kevin Bacon. So anyone or anything that is related to GNR. Uh, kind of just gives it a different spin on in an interview. So I got an interesting question because people were excited that you're coming on the podcast. This is from Tiago. Uh, I think he's from Brazil. Uh, I'm, I'm curious if you I, – I hadn't heard this rumor that one of the demands, uh, I guess when you were touring with – or this wasn't before that you guys were touring with, with GNR. This was during Rock and Rio uh, 2001 that he wanted uh-huh. to make sure that you guys were on the bill the same night. That was one of his demands to the Rock and Rio people. Do you know anything about that? Oh, really? I don't. I do remember that that particular show, though, because I was on the side of the stage watching GNR perform, and uh, it, it was, you know, it wasn't the original lineup, of course. This is when he was kind of introducing, I think he had, like, Robin Fink playing guitar, and he still kind of looked like he was in Nine Inch Nails, and then they had Buckethead, and... Tommy Stinson from the replacements mm-hmm. and I think uh, brain was playing drums. So it didn't, it didn't look like the guns and roses that we know from the, from the eighties, but um, I was watching them perform next to um, Liam and Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Mm. They were also on that bill. And I remember them just cracking jokes the whole time. And it was pretty funny because they're comical guys. And I remember saying something they said, and it made me laugh too. They go, they look more like, the village people <laughs> than they did Cousin Roses and they kind of did and it was hilarious and uh, I think there must have been like a um, 
uh, a writer or a journalist or somebody nearby because I think they ended up quoting that. Um, think, you know, someone else might have overheard that. I think they put that in Rolling Stone. But um, yeah, that was a memorable night. It was the first time we uh, took a helicopter into uh, a show, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. I watched I Axel get in the helicopter, and then I was, and then somebody, my manager came up to me, like, "Oh, we're taking a helicopter too. We're going to fly in over the crowd." And, and come in for the concert because there's no way to get in through because of the traffic. And I was like, oh, shit, I've never been in a helicopter. This is going to be crazy. <laughs> memorable experience for sure. Yeah, I, memorable, surreal. I, I, I can't even uh, uh, imagine that. And I was hoping because I hadn't heard that quote before. I was like, oh, maybe this is the first time that we'll get that Oasis quote on this show, but I guess if it's been said before. But still, that's, that's a really funny story. Another question, this is from uh, Alex Mendoza. He lives out in uh, Los Angeles. He wants to know what you remember about the 2006 uh, uh, Inland Invasion. So, Inland Invasion. Oh, man. Someone's going to have to refresh my memory on that. So that was with GNR, Muse, and uh, Alice in Chains were also on the bill. Inland Invasion. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> That's okay. I don't blame you. You've, I mean, you, you've toured all over the world. Uh, how many times already? So I, I don't blame you. Yes, dozens, dozens, and we've toured with you know Guns N' Roses a bunch of times. So it all kind of just gets blurry together. Yeah. Um, well, as an overall, like, as an overall, how was I guess that experience? Because uh, you had a different version of Guns N' Roses, and it's funny before. You know, you respond, you know, Liam and Noel, uh, they they can't reunite, but we got Axel and Slash back together. So I guess, yeah. you know, they're, they're laughing all the way to the bank now, <laughs> Axel and Slash. Oh, yeah. But uh, I guess how was that that experience for you, GNR in general, you know, just uh, as one, one of the many oh. bands you guys have toured with? Yeah, the touring was cool. Um, it was a great experience for us. I, I know we really were looking forward to playing Madison Square Garden. Getting to hear those legendary songs, you know, every night. You know, I remember when I was a kid and I first heard Welcome to the Jungle and or saw the video on MTV. And I remember when I first heard uh, Paradise City. I mean, all of those songs, like my very first band, we we had a cover band when I was like 12. And, you know, we used to cover all of those songs. So to see it live, you know, from that voice, uh, always a cool, spectacular thing to uh, to experience every night. It was fun. Right on. And the, your fans say the same thing, you know, as someone who grew up listening to Last Resort and, again, everything off in Fest and all the, 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 the follow-up albums where there, there's always a, at least one or two or three massive hits on every single uh, record that you guys put out. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, the next one brings. But in the meantime, you know, obviously it's all about touring. Uh, so are you at home right now? Is that where you are? Or like a little bit of a break? Yeah, at home for the holidays. Um, I'll be heading back to uh, L.A. next month, um, you know, doing some more. We got some more surprises up our sleeves, and uh, we also have some more writing to do. You know, so we're just going to stay creative and uh, get ready to tour our asses off all next year. Unless it's a surprise and you don't have to tell me, uh, what are you planning for the 20th anniversary? Well, we're definitely going to do some uh, some pop-up shows. We'll we're going to be playing, you know, in fest in its entirety. Nice. And um, as far as, you know, release, you know, music-wise, um, we're still working on that. But uh, we hope to do, you know, something to kind of just, you know, like I said, celebrate in fest. And um, so with that, that'll be in the works. And, yeah, the rest is just going to be a lot of touring and playing live. So, and hopefully we can break that up, you know, with, with playing 
revisiting a lot more of those songs from uh, 2000. And keep putting out great videos. I mean, that's that's something else too. Another lost art. Going back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, CDs versus what we have now. Uh, sometimes uh, music videos are a lost art. But you guys also—that's uh, another one of uh, your forte as a band—is putting out really enjoyable uh, music videos. Uh, Tobin, oh, Tobin, you're welcome. Uh, Tobin, this has just been uh, such a pleasure to speak with you today. I know you're a super busy guy. And just the, the time that you gave, just thank you so much and continued success. Right on. Thank you. Very cool. I know there were some, and I didn't want to just throw the question at him like this, because I think it was Jacoby that said a few years ago, and a lot of it was just clickbait about not enjoying touring with Guns N' Roses, but it was the the usual, you know, when they would show up late and it can affect other bands and uh, I think that sometimes, again, could be taken out of context, and I don't want to just throw that question at him and just have him say something again that could be taken out of context. Just uh, wanted to know the the general consensus of how we felt about touring with, with GNR, but I'm sure a lot of bands kind of had the same reaction touring with Guns N' Roses when it was Buckethead and Robin Fink, and it wasn't the same band. You know, I think sometimes it's different if you... You know, if if you're just kind of replacing a member with just another dude, and by that I mean, if I'm just trying to think of like a, like a good example, uh, I mean like Papa Roach. You know, they they've changed some members, but I don't think any of them were larger than life characters per se. Like a Slash is a larger than life character uh, caricature or character, and all of a sudden you get Buckethead who's larger than life, this space alien. So you're really calling attention to the, the lineup changes as opposed to just a different dude, right? I think that's a fair analogy. Uh, and I know we haven't heard this in a while since it's been a bit since I've done an episode. News. Obviously still no Guns N' Roses music to report on, but I, I will say this. And I kind of believe it. Um, you can make your own decision because this isn't, uh, you know, don't quote me on it. But I got a message from uh, a GNR fan that that said this. Uh, he just got off the phone with somebody in L.A. who had recently been uh, conversing with Slash via text. Guns are apparently in the studio. He said, quote, he was very jokingly vague when I asked. And well, if it was Miles he was with, then why be vague? So nothing was concrete, and I can't name the person in question, but just thought you'd like to know. So thank you to the person who sent me that. And again, this is now you're hearing this, what, uh, third hand, fourth hand? So I, I'm just going to say I believe it. They, they've been touring for too long. You know, you heard right in the show, Dizzy Reed doesn't, doesn't even know that if not in this lifetime is over. And they've already announced uh, another date, which I'll, I'll, I'll get to in, in a moment. Uh, it's it, it's just the, the stars are aligned. Something is going to happen. I really believe it's going to be a lot of the, the quote-unquote Chinese leftovers reworked. Uh, perhaps there will be uh, some organic songs on there that were just brand new and fresh when they got back together. But I think it's going to be a nice mix, and I, that's what I believe. And that's so I'm excited about it. I'm not going to be a, a GNR fan who's frustrated at this point. You know, I I think I'm past the frustrated point of, other than some of the behind the scenes stuff, which can frustrate you. But as far as an entity, you know, they're they're back 
mostly three fifths back together. You know, uh, I enjoy the uh, the other members that are not quote unquote among the reunion. Uh, you know, Richard, of course, uh, Frank, Melissa. You know, I, I enjoy them, uh, but you know, as I've you know belabored this point so often, I I, I didn't see Slash and Axel on stage ever until not in this lifetime. So for me, I'm I'm happy, and it's not ending. You know, the, the jokes at the beginning when this started, that it could be over before it started, and it just keeps keeps going. So uh, uh, another part of Shotgun News, GNR announced, I'm sure you've heard by now, the first concert of 2020. So Guns N' Roses going into 2020. It's going to be at the American Airlines Arena in Miami on January 31st as part of uh, next year's Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest. So not the Super Bowl halftime show, which a lot of us want. You know, I, I think if there's going to be a hard rock act to do it, it's Guns N' Roses, it's Metallica, it's Foo Fighters. And I, I think that Guns N' Roses, they may have been asked, won't do it unless the, the rules change. And by that, I mean they have to be allowed to play live. You know, uh, yes, I know it's a... Uh, it's not meant to be a, I guess, a concert concert. Everything has to, it's so, it's so much timing, you know, not just within the game itself, but all the commercials. So they don't want any technical glitches, uh, nothing like that. Uh, of course, they have to be able to predict everything ever since uh, Nipplegate with uh, Janet Jackson. God forbid we see Slash's nipple. I think we see it all the time anyway. But unless that changes, I don't think you'll see Guns N' Roses or maybe. Any real hard rock band, I guess the Chili Peppers may have been the, the last, and they, including Axel, got heavily criticized for for not playing uh, live. That's part of rock and roll. Leave that to the other genres. I mean, if you want to watch this year, it's uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. For what it's worth, my mom is really excited about the halftime show this year. So maybe that's what they're after. Because my mom couldn't give two shits about sports or uh, the Super Bowl. But she'll watch the halftime show because <laughs> it has Jennifer Lopez and and, uh, and Shakira in it. But I think that's really cool uh, that, that GNR is playing that. And I hope it gets it's going to be streamed or something like that so we get to watch it live. So not in this lifetime continues to be forever in a lifetime. So we're going to see where it goes. And, of course, where does this podcast go? And, again, uh, sorry for the little bit of a break, but sometimes I need it. Uh, also, as I mentioned before, uh, the interview is sometimes, I don't know, I, I'm surprised I haven't had this problem before in years past. I felt like it was, like, overdue for me kind of hitting a a lull in, in, in getting a guest because uh, with the holidays and, and this is a heavily uh, this is travel time. Like, you heard Tobin. Tobin's home with his family. So it might be a good time for him, but sometimes you want to completely uh, isolate yourself with your family and not talk anything business. So it's just been a weird time, but uh, we have plenty of interviews lined up. So as I'm uh, recording this tomorrow, uh, I plan to speak with Nico Hoon, uh, Shannon Hoon's daughter, which I think is going to be a fascinating conversation. And it's been a real pleasure to see since we've had uh, Christopher Thorne from Lime Melon on the show. We've had Danny Clinch, the director of the upcoming documentary, uh, All I Can Say About Shannon. 
not just about Shannon. It's a lot of it's what Shannon has shot himself is coming out next year. It was it's been previewed at some film festival circuits, but it's going to be released to the public next year. So we're going to talk to uh, to Nico about that. Very curious, you know, uh, to see like how do you see your dad in a documentary and, and just hear all these stories. I mean, there's a lot. We'll save it for then for for Nico. Uh, also hoping I got to follow up with him actually as soon as I'm done I'm going to call up Rod Jackson and see if he's still down to record uh, this Friday uh, but Rod Jackson is still in uh, sometimes as things happen you know it's I was thinking about this analogy on the way to work today sometimes booking guests is like a lot like dating you know sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't sometimes excuses happen sometimes the timing isn't right so that's that's kind of been my my life lately. Has been um, is just trying to figure it all out, trying to coordinate all these uh, interviews. But they're still coming. And plus, if you follow the AFD show on on Twitter and and Facebook, the show is alive and well. Even when we're not doing podcasts, we're always having conversations and and having laughs and. You know, sharing videos and pictures, all that on on social media. So if you haven't yet, please follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show. Otherwise, please, again, follow, subscribe, however you listen. Keep it up. iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, AlternativeNation.net, and tell a friend about this podcast. Tell them it's it's not just for the Guns N' Roses fan. Yes, we are always going to do, uh, going to follow that North Star. We're always going to, you know, have this uh, Guns N' Roses themed bar mitzvah party of a podcast. Look at some things through Guns N' Roses colored glasses. But there are plenty of interviews out there that people they they may not be the biggest GNR fans. Speaking of Danny Clinch, I had uh, one of my my best friends wife uh just uh sent me a dm which sounds really weird out of context but it's about the podcast she just ran she listened to danny clinch she's like i'm i'm a fanboy i've been following danny's career since i was uh you know in high school and i loved your interview you know if i if i had friends just tell me they've they've specifically listened to the tom green interview so there are there's usually a guest for somebody even with the guns and roses hook and again, everyone likes Guns N' Roses. That's not going to turn anybody off. I will say sometimes it is a challenge some, with with booking guests because they might just think that all I want to do is talk about Guns N' Roses. So like even with Tobin, I had to make that clear to his his uh, very nice uh, Papa Roach peeps. That I'm like, yeah, it's a Guns N' Roses theme, but believe me, we're going to talk about plenty of Papa Roach. And as always, I mean, you all, I have such a smart audience you get it. You 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 hear what I'm doing. I'm giving them uh, a chance to shine as a person, to promote whatever they need to promote, and then we'll we'll you know hit that six degrees of GNR bacon when it's appropriate, right? That sounds good to me. So until the next episode, when will you see it? Sooner than the last. But in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. security, I'm going home.